Hello, and welcome to this short lecture from the History Teachers Talking Podcast. I am Peter Zablocki. My fellow history teacher and best friend Tom Reska and I co-host full-length episodes of History Teachers Talking Podcast, where we decided to supplement the longer episodes with these short lectures that will be brought to you by either myself or by Tom and dispersed between our regularly scheduled topics and conversations. Did you know that it was a fear of World War II's invasion that gave rise to Smokey the Bear? Or the fact that he was actually a real bear? Well, kind of. The Smokey the Bear campaign began in 1944 and actually had a very different slogan from the one we know today. Instead of saying only you can prevent wildfires, Smokey said, care will prevent 9 out of 10 forest fires. That was eventually changed to remember only you can prevent forest fires in 1947 and then again changed in 2001 to only you can prevent wildfires. This was a response to the massive outbreak of wildfires in natural areas and forests. Smokey Bear is an American campaign and advertising icon. He is part of the U.S. Forest Service and Wildfire Prevention Campaign. He is also part of the longest-running public service announcement campaign in the United States history. Smokey the Bear was created as a response to a fear of a Japanese attack on the western United States and the potential of the Empire of Japan considering wildfires as a possible weapon. During 1942, Japanese submarines surfaced near the coast of Santa Barbara, California, and they fired shells that exploded on oil field very close to the Los Padres National Forest. Apparently, the Japanese were hoping to start wildfires that would spread across the western United States. Knowing that these wildfires could potentially harm the war effort, the United States set off to work to create some form of an ad campaign to help eliminate the threat. Now, the Japanese again renewed their wildfire strategy later in the war. They actually launched about 9,000 fire balloons into the jet stream, with about 11% of those reaching the United States between November 1944 and April 1945. Now, these balloons or fire bombs did not necessarily start any forest fires. Now, in 1942, the U.S. Forest Service established a cooperative forest fire prevention program. It was also that same year in 1942 that Disney's full-length cartoon Bambi came out. So, Walt Disney was approached by the federal government if they could borrow Bambi as a character that would appear in the fire prevention public service campaigns. But Bambi was just a loner, and the U.S. Forest Fire Prevention Program knew that they needed their own symbol. They needed their own character. After all, Bambi was going back to Disney. So after much discussion, a bear was chosen. The name Smokey was actually inspired by a real hero named Smokey Joe Martin. He was a New York City Fire Department hero who suffered burns and blindness during a bold 1922 rescue. So in 1944, the creation of Smokey the Bear was officially authorized by the Forest Service. The first poster was delivered on October 10th. In it, Smokey was depicted wearing jeans and a campaign hat, pouring a bucket of water on a campfire. And the message underneath, as mentioned before, read, Smokey says, care will prevent nine out of 10 forest fires. In 1947, the Wartime Advertising Council, later the Ad Council, coined a new slogan that is now associated with Smokey the Bear that actually lasted for more than five decades. It said, remember, only you can prevent forest fires. That is not to say that Smokey the Bear was not a real bear. He was. Well, kind of. He actually came after Smokey the Bear, the symbol, was already created. The living symbol for Smokey the Bear was a five-pound, three-month-old American black bear cub. 
I'm Ken Harbaugh, host of Warriors in Their Own Words, a podcast that presents the unvarnished, unsanitized truth of what we have asked of those who defend this nation. As a country, we need these stories more than ever. Stories from Americans who have borne the battle, including 30-year-old remastered interviews with veterans from World War I recounting their time in the trenches of Europe, and with veterans from World War II, Korea, Vietnam, and from our most recent conflicts in Iraq, Afghanistan, and other battlefields Americans may never have heard of. Hear their stories by listening to Warriors in Their Own Words wherever you find podcasts. Who was found in the spring of 1950 in a wildfire that burned the Captain Mountains of New Mexico. This little bear climbed a tree to escape the blaze. But his paws and his hind legs had been pretty badly burned. So local crews who had come to New Mexico and Texas to fight the blaze found him on top of a tree and rescued him. He was initially called Hot Foot Teddy, but was later renamed Smokey after the actual icon. The New Mexico Department of Game and Fish, Ranger Ray Bell, heard about this cub and took him to Santa Fe, where he and his family cared for the little bear with the help of a local veterinarian. Now, the story became very popular in local papers and eventually was picked up by television. Smokey became a celebrity. Many people started writing and calling and asking how Smokey was doing and how his recovery was doing. The state game warden wrote to the chief of the Forest Service offering to present the cub to the agency as long as the cub would be dedicated to a conservation and wildfire prevention publicity program. So, Smokey the Bear was moved to the National Zoo in Washington, D.C. Several hundred spectators, including members of the Boy Scouts and Girl Scouts of America, as well as numerous photographers and the media, were there to welcome him. Smokey the Bear lived at the National Zoo for 26 years. During that time, he received millions of visitors. In fact, he would receive more than 13,000 letters a week. In 1964, the United States Postal Service even gave him his own zip code. It is still in use. The zip code is 20. Two five two. He also decided to supplement his diet of bluefish and trout with peanut butter sandwiches, which became his favorite. In 1962, with the hope that perhaps Smokey could have kids of his own that would continue the Smokey the Bear title, a female bear, Goldie Bear, was introduced. When in nearly 10 years, the pair still had not produced any young, the zoo added Little Smokey, another orphan cub, announcing that the pair had adopted him. In 1975, Smokey Bear officially retired from his role as the living icon. And the title Smokey the Bear the Second was bestowed upon Little Smokey in an official ceremony. Smokey the Bear died on August 11th, 1990. Upon his death, Smokey's remains were returned to the government in New Mexico and buried at the Smokey Bear Historical Park. It is operated by the New Mexico State Forestry Division. The facility is now a wildfire and Smokey interpretive center. The bear is interned in an adjacent garden. There's also a plaque at his grave that reads, This is the resting place of the first living Smoky Bear, the living symbol of wildfire prevention and wildfire conservation. Because Smokey the Bear quickly became part of American pop culture and started appearing in radio programs, comic strips, cartoons, and other forms of merchandise, the United States decided that it would be best to cash in on the Smokey icon. So thus, in 1952, Smokey Bear attracted enough commercial interest that the United States Congress passed the Smokey Bear Act, and removed the character from the public domain and placed it under the control of the Secretary of Agriculture. The act provided for the use of Smokey's royalties for continued education on the subject forest wildfire prevention. Who would have thought that the ad campaign that spawned the cartoonish bear and the fire prevention legend was only made possible by World War II paranoia about the possibility of a Japanese invasion of the continental United States? Hope you enjoyed the short lecture. See you guys next week. 
hope everyone enjoyed our podcast. And if you would like to email us, you can do so at historyteacherspodcast at gmail.com. History is complicated. The story of human progress is long, messy, and riddled with controversies big and small. On Conflicted, we dive headfirst into history's most infamous events and contentious figures. We try and untangle the good from the bad, the fact from the fiction, and the monsters from the misunderstood. Was Genghis Khan a murderous butcher or a civic pioneer? Did the Allied powers go too far? in firebombing the German city of Dresden at the twilight of World War II? And how did the Marquis de Sade acquire such a sinister reputation? And was any of it true? These are just a few of the tough questions we wrestle with and investigate on Conflicted. So if you love history or just enjoy a good story, please join me, your host, Zach Cornwell, for a fascinating new topic each and every month. Conflicted, a history podcast, is available on Spotify, Apple, or wherever else you get your podcasts. I hope to see you soon.